0: Do you remember in AmeriCorps when we had no money and how it had really like shifted the way that we had to like connect with each other and like orient around each other because I was so used to like sharing love with other people, showing them that I'm thinking about them, would be like, buy treats, do something small that required money. And when you don't have money, bitch, where's your love
1: language? (laughs) Your your love language It, it it's sugar it's exclusively sugar so mm
0: -hmm. it's really hard when you don't have money
1: yeah i mean and not to go there i mean to go there (laughs) i brought it (laughs) up i also think it goes to sugar and it goes to food when we're talking about wasteful gifts things that just Mm -hmm. builds and accumulates and eventually gets off to some sort of landfill food doesn't do that not only does it is it the gift that keeps giving but it it keeps giving in body and spirit this is where i wanted to bring it to because it brings me to the fact that when people with ebt or food stamps right Mm -hmm. are constantly judged for the food choices and the food purchases that they make as if it is all they have. I mean, this is this is what it is. So why not? Why not get lobster? I'm actually making real financial choices and sacrifices. I'm actually the most resourceful, economical, budget friendly. And yes, for my family, because that is the trinket and the gift that I wanna give to people. Yep, yep. I want to bring them a lobster dinner. And who are you to tell me otherwise?
0: I mean, I couldn't agree more. There's no (laughs) argument coming from me. I, everything about it is rational and it's just because we are so fucking disconnected from each other, but we are in such a culture that doesn't recognize the fullness of humanity in the moments of, until you don't have them, you don't understand those moments of kindness that you were given and that you gave. That was full privilege that I could just go find a cute bakery, Think things I'd love to do, find a cute bakery, get some treats, bring them to my colleagues. That shit you can't do when you don't have it. I didn't get it until I was making $3 an hour. And I actually felt like I wasn't myself. I, could, I wasn't my whole self because I couldn't bring all of my values and all the things that I care about into the world. And mm-hmm. so many people are in that same position. And so mm-hmm. when there is a moment of a fucking lobster dinner,
1: I also think that in the spirit of resourcefulness, mm-hmm. our tea times were not only great because <laughs> for, for many of reasons, but I'm just thinking about how, if nothing else, we were gonna save a little bit to get a treat and mm-hmm. then use the tea bags that I brought, you know, so we didn't have to spend on overpriced tea. Hot okay, water. do
0: you want to know something? This is like, do you want to know a secret? Ooh, yes. I
1: always bought tea. You always bought tea? Every time. Fake news, y'all. This whole time, it wasn't an <laughs> us thing. It was a me thing. Cause
0: I, you, I, I knew you were ordering hot water in, in tea bags. And there was what, four or five of us sitting there. And so I was like, okay, one of us needs to buy something. And so I always bought something. <laughs> This is
1: Beyond Curious with Maya and Kara. A podcast about two friends taking chances to nurture connection.
0: I'm excited that we're here today. I'm excited for a new yes, challenge. Yes, we're
1: back. We are back. Good people. This
0: episode, our, our challenge today was specifically about reconnecting in the ways that we did in AmeriCorps, in ways that we couldn't when we were in AmeriCorps.
1: I feel like this was your episode.
0: It's funny you say that. I guess this is something that matters a lot to me and that I've always wanted to build community either with like the people in my life or like the work that I do working in nonprofits for my career. But yeah, I feel like what hasn't happened in the last few years is a real deep, profound sense of local community, of my neighborhood. I just feel really disconnected if I'm being honest and I constantly am judging myself when I'm actively engaged or not in doing more, but yeah. So there's a lot of like anxiety that I carry in, in wanting to hold myself accountable for like what my role is as a white Mm -hmm, woman in the world. mm -hmm. Um, And my role is as a, someone of privilege, right? Like I have it and I, it's my responsibility to be to participate in in many different ways and not really knowing my lane, not really figuring out my lane. I, I've never had money. So that's always been a fun thing. However, I've had tons of privilege. So there's a lot of me trying to figure out and navigate that. And particularly in COVID, I've been wanting to volunteer, but been too afraid. It's just been really inconsistent and it's like uh, something I'm ashamed of, frankly.
1: There is also a component of rest too, mm-hmm. right? Where it's a very difficult balance of saying like, how do I honor where I'm at in terms of the extension and how do I also pour in community in a way that is serving and does not lead to my own demise, right? I mean, we're not even talking about the nonprofit industrial complex and how that relates into this inevitability of of burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, I also feel the guilt constantly of not doing
0: enough, right? It's so hard, right? I'm still figuring out what does it look like when survival is part of an is an everyday activity, and it feels especially as somebody working in the nonprofit sector or somebody that is experiencing violence actively. There's real there's real times where like the guilt of your privilege, the guilt of your um, the time that you want to spend toward the things that you care about becomes its own barrier. And it also creates toxic self-talk. And I want to figure out a way to feel like I'm doing enough, knowing that there's no such thing. And I I just, I want to start discovering that and exploring that.
1: As somebody who goes in and out of community engagement and volunteering, it is something that I want to do more often, Mm -hmm. but... Yes. I think for me, I definitely need the accountability to be able to do yeah. this with somebody to reactivate this in my life. There are so many ways we can do it. I think as our challenge, let's really sit
0: down and hold ourselves accountable to setting up those systems to be consistent mm-hmm. about the things that we care about. And that can be through money, You know, having an mm-hmm. active donation that has always felt like something that I should be always carving out time for and And don't out of my own economic anxiety, frankly, and I need to, it's just a responsibility in some ways I feel, but that's not the only way to be serving community. So there's time, like we said, of volunteering, there's energy around, um, like having conversations with others that that's not necessarily a formalized volunteering experience. It is a deeper investment in the issues that you care about and work that's being done in activist spaces, celebrating the people that are doing incredible things. How can we do that more? Mm -hmm. Um, Celebrate those folks, get more eyeballs to them, because there are so many folks doing incredible things that deserve Mm -hmm. the space and time to be heard.
1: And for me, it's always been the financial part that's been easy to me, right? Like mm. I can throw money to organizations, throw money to causes. So that feels natural to me. Whereas for in terms of time volunteering and actually being in community in that way, I'm really excited to explore what that could look like.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to learning more about this part of you and like what your what your thoughts have been. I know ours are going to be so vastly different. So yeah, we're gonna talk about like, what does community investment look like when you are physically disconnected?
1: And what does community investment look like when you are tired? Oh <laughs> When you yeah. are tired of fighting, of tired of activism. So.
0: Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. We're gonna play some games. With Would you rather? would you rather all right friend would you rather meet the loves of your life both platonic and non-platonic at work while volunteering in your community or through friends of friends or at a, a friend gathering
1: oh my goodness
0: if you had your druthers obviously anywhere is ideal. They're, they're the loves of your life.
1: I mean, that's what I'm saying, you know, and I realize the whole point of, would you rather is to choose one. So I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean into that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm not a cheater and I respect games. Uh-huh. And, um, so I'm going to choose one as also noting that like, wherever you are there, I am here open <laughs> curious. True. <laughs> I'm going to go with But
0: where do you think you're going to show up best? Or where do you think, like, you feel most like your whole self? Work, volunteering, and with other groups of friends?
1: You know what? I feel like with work, I'm Mm -hmm. very forward. I'm boss-like. Volunteering feels like I'm the best. It it feels great. Mm -hmm. Our values are aligned Mm -hmm. so that, like... Chances of a winner, chances of a winner. And you know where I'm coming from and what I like to do and... However, I have to go with friends of a friend. Yeah, why is that? There's a part of it where it feels like I'm not looking for anything and there it shows up. Mm. Because when you're really comfortable with friends, you're just like, ah! So You're vibing. You're vibing. So if like, Mm. you see the vibes and you know the vibes and you want to be a part of the vibes, then... Let's continue to vibe. So it just feels like a, a safe place out of all of them, the truest space. I love that. Okay, that was a good one. Would you rather have nosy neighbors or noisy neighbors?
0: God, I've had both. Co- <laughs> Can I tell you every single place I moved? Was it only in DC? Let me think. Yeah, every single place I moved while I was living in DC, I somehow move right next to the town, the neighborhood, the street gossip. I don't know why, what it was about me. I think I, I'm the common denominator here. And every time I'm like, why? So I wait. love to chat and then I find out later, oh,
1: no, this isn't safe space. You become deeply invested in the neighborhood drama. Oh no,
0: it is put upon me as if I, As if it is now mine to share and it is not mine to share. Specifically when, and I say that this is different when we're talking about, like when we're talking about gentrification, when we're talking about those things, those are mine to share. What isn't mine to share is when you're talking about how the guy next door drinks a lot. I don't, that's not my biz. It's not your business. Absolutely not. When you're worried about me saying my, my ex, then at the time boyfriend and I shouldn't smoke hookah on the front porch because Cops come up and get you in trouble. No, 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 no. That's just you trying to police me. Yes,
1: absolutely. Th- this is awesome.
0: <laughs> is, this is what nosy neighbors do, baby. And
1: this is what they do.
0: I think, honestly, I think I want noisy neighbors because then I can also not feel guilty when I'm noisy. Yes. I like that. I- I'm chill with some noise here and there. And if, the- if they're fun, they're fun, you know?
1: Then you can be friends. <laughs> Yes, I yes, I love that. Noisy. My my neighbor right now was jamming so hard, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" I was working outside, and he was just oh
0: my feeling himself.
1: He's also just fine. He's just oh. fine. Oh my goodness, he's so cute. Mind you, he's got two kids. Um, Look, that's okay. Yeah, it's if that's it. fine. But I was like, hey, can I get your playlist? So, yeah, I'm
0: going to, Noisy is great. Yeah, Anyway, so then you learn new, gr- you le- You can learn, you learn new music. music.
1: Yes. Anyway,
0: next up. I look forward to diving into the rest of this community investment episode. Let's get back into it. Yes! So, I am really excited to talk about this. I feel really energized to talk about what we did in this challenge and I'd really like to hear your thoughts I so we committed to figuring out a way that we were going to invest in community and and think about community um, and how we can re-engage since we've kind of been disconnected during these like scary scary times and mm-hmm. I'd love to hear um, what did you find what did what did you what did you decide how was your approach?
1: So for my approach, I really wanted to do something that I could show up to locally Mm -hmm. and virtually. And it was important for me to clearly do something that was challenging. (laughs) And so the virtual component of it, hanging out and with, seniors in the area. I'm yes. excited for that. I'm doing that with a local organization to D.C. Tell me
0: about um, what made you decide this, the one that you went with.
1: Yeah, so I went with, the organization is called Seaberry, and we've mm-hmm. done some volunteering sure with them in the past together. So I'm doing the virtual version of this. I'm still getting information yeah. on it. I think it's a social check-in and then we sort of figure out how we're going to spend the time together. Um, so I'm still going to get matched in terms of what that could look like. But um,
0: yeah, I'm going to be doing that. I love that it's like a little a little like you're getting matched. <laughs> <laughs> I really care about and, and love the the idea and what to continue to invest in, in intergenerational friendships. Yeah, So I'm really, really happy to hear about this. I think there's going to be some joy mm. and some really beautiful um,
1: experiences that you're going to have. I'm excited for it too. And then my in-person opportunity mm-hmm. is... Which is huh? This is this is the challenging part. Okay. This is the challenging part. <laughs> is that I'm going to be mentoring college students, hopefully college freshmen, the uh, bright eyed, bushy tail. Yep.
0: Completely lost. <laughs> right? Don't know what's happening with themselves or the world.
1: What may believe they do. Um, <laughs> No, they do. They're fully in charge of their lives and know exactly what's best for their lives in that point of view, For their I lives, right? That. Yes. yes. yeah, Absolutely. Yes, true. Absolutely. So yes, to be somebody's mentor, scary as fuck. Okay. Very- I can
0: relate. Woo! But you're going to honestly, like, I'm really fucking happy that you're going to do this. I completely can understand and empathize with the fear of that and not knowing what you're going to contribute, but you can contribute so motherfucking much. And I'm really excited to see like what it will feel like to create a real mentorship relationship There's So I always yeah. wanted them in my life and for you to be able to bring that and think about like, what does it authentically look like for you?
1: Mm-hmm. You get
0: to find your own, own groove. Yeah. I'm really true. happy for you and I'm really proud of Proud of this. This is like a huge deal.
1: Oh yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I'm also. I'm scared. Excited. This is the beautiful thing about this challenge too mm-hmm. is that my friend runs a nonprofit organization called I Incorporated. It's an amazing organization awesome. that supports um, young women in their journey around academia, life, and thinking about what's next. So I'm excited, and I will definitely put. More information in the show notes about Aya Incorporated.
0: That's so cool. And it's a cool way to to connect. Like, look, finding volunteer positions are Mm -hmm. really hard. Why not support the folks that we know and love? and And that, like, can feel a level of friendship support in a different way.
1: Yes, exactly. I think that was the beauty of it, right? If you don't know innately Mm -hmm. right like the people around you have some really great suggestions and this could be a facebook post away about how you can get involved that people are like dying to let people know or at least they want a friend to do it with them or (laughs) their organization generally needs volunteers right so i I totally agree that that's a great way to
0: to find Mm -hmm. volunteer positions when it when maybe like going on volunteer match might feel a little bit overwhelming that's what I had, that was my experience. Um, I'm trying to think like, what was my plan for this this challenge? It, I was thinking about how much I love to travel and I really care about sustainability and making sure what I'm doing, if I'm going to put effort and energy and investment, I want it to be sustainable. And I realized that that has been the barrier for me. There were a lot of concerns and anxieties that I have going into volunteerism and, and charity work generally. One, working in the nonprofit sector myself, I yeah have a lot of feelings and a lot of opinions and, and that I'll talk about what helped me decide and kind of move forward. So I too reached out to some friends with organizations that I was going to work with. I started, I know um, prior to this challenge, I was volunteering at a local church at their monthly food pantry. And I have a lot of ethical problems with um, churches, like connecting churches with service. However, the reality is I knew people that were doing it, i.e. my family. And so it was really easy to just jump on board and disconnect my brain from all my own shit and just give energy to people. And I really enjoyed it. I've I've been really enjoying that experience, and so I realized that since I've been traveling, I'm coming to DC, and I love traveling so much. I should start looking at and engaging in the local nonprofits of where I'm going, and investing in them. So I decided that every trip I go on, I'm going to Google a few organizations and donate to them. So I'm, I'm supporting when I go there. I'm supporting some of the economy, but I may not be supporting the the community. I'm wanting to support organizations that I, that my friends love, I reached out to them and said, who are your favorite organizations? And I did some research on my own and donated to four different organizations in DC that I want to give a shout out to. So I love and I've heard great things about Bread for the City in DC. They do incredible things and they work from an anti-racist approach. And Mm -hmm. I really am excited about, um, all of the work that they do, they're really a wraparound serving many, 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 many different needs in the city. So I'm, I'm was really happy to donate to them. I donated to Smile, um, which is a youth empowerment group for the LGBTQIA community in DC. My friend has talked really highly of of them and have volunteered with them in the past. And so I was like, I definitely want to make sure I'm I'm donating to them. I donated to Her Resiliency Center, which Uh, supports women and girls who have aged out of the foster care system and there's mentorship and economic support and uh, helping with what, what does that transition look like? And I, as I have family who are adopted, this is really important to me. And I really um, personally invest in this, this type of cause, especially as it's supporting young women and girls. So those are the three. And then the last one is an organization called CARE or the Capital Area Immigrants' Rights Coalition. And they are specifically around policy and also drug service supporting detained adults and children. They also have this program called the Immigration Impact Lab. And so they do a lot of research and, and advocacy for individuals I identify as an immigrant. So this is, these were just some organizations that I really was excited about. And I realized that I, I didn't want to just focus on one issue area, that this was kind of a great way for me to feel like I could touch and invest in, in real ways. I have never had consistent financial investment in, in nonprofits. I've usually done a ton of volunteering and I realized no matter what economic stat status I'm in, I should be if I can buy a fucking cup of coffee if I'm going if I'm going on a vacation I can send in donations so that felt like the most that felt like a commitment that I'm really happy about and I really like to see what organizations are out there and what communities are doing and what what is what does uh community engagement look like in different cities because it's going to be different everywhere but yeah I wanted to help as much as I could in these areas with the little dollars that I have.
1: And I love that because not only does it speak to giving locally, but it's very sustainable in that when you travel, it's something that's, can now be woven into a part of your life, right? In in terms of your lifestyle and the way you move around, mm-hmm. like how can you give back not only to their economy, like you said, but to the organizations that are looking to build and support folks on a grassroots level. So I love the, the sustainability of it in that you can also give what you can, like, Mm-hmm. no matter where you are, right? So I think my goal is to eventually be
0: having monthly donations and I plan to do that. So that's what kind of was really nice about this challenge is that it kind of pushed me to generally be thinking about like, really be, be honest with yourself and, and make this just like your phone bill, make this a part of your life because it's a, it's a value to you and you have privilege. So use it. But I, I feel like as a fairly nomadic person, that has always been a challenge for me. i wanted to be physically sustainable with my, I wanted to be dependable and counted on, and that kept me from volunteering, right? Also the feelings of being a white person, coming into a community, and what does charity look like? And the nonprofit industrial complex, all of these different like elements of service that I've been engaged in all of my life because it's really important to me. It's a major value of mine. That's how we met each other. I had so many concerns about like the problematic behavior of what does it look like when I show up into a space that I did nothing. And I realized through this process how bullshit that is, honestly, that while I'm looking for and I wanna be supporting activism and long term impact, there's also fucking people in need right now. And I, also could be and should be supporting them as well. Like that doesn't mean that they don't they don't need support. So that was a, a kind of nice wake up call that for me trying to be like seeking perfectionism and quote, correct impact engagement, not understanding that like we all are existing in this space that's not great for anyone. And that right. doesn't mean like get out of your head and get out of your own ass mm-hmm. ultimately
1: and show up. Yeah. It makes me think a lot about bad feminism. Where is this going? But I'm thinking about the way in which we as people who see the society at large and the ways like Mm -hmm. we need a full on transformation of how we exist in the world via this racist patriarchy that we live in. Right. And although we can spend time criticizing, analyzing, judging it in the same way we can do so with naming, calling out and judging Mm -hmm. other feminists or womenists Mm -hmm. or women liberationists, (laughs) wherever you're taking it there is work that we can also do on our own, right? Yep. It's far easier to just stay in critique mm-hmm. than it is to say, how can I be a part of that change, right? Yeah. That's a harder, um, and yeah, it's a harder space to be in at times, but one that exists with more control if we allow space for us to think about what that can look like in our own lives.
0: Yeah, and honestly, like... <sighs> God, it was it, you make such a great point because what I would what I do want to acknowledge before I dive into it is that we we do have a shared understanding of the critiques of charity and the critiques of the nonprofit sector and how capitalism has created the social systems that exist today. So we'll
1: put those in the show notes. Oh, do we? right? and 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 that's I, I'm glad that you brought that up, right? Because there is a very real distinction, right? Mm-hmm. of like, what does it look like to name these systems and and see the ways that it has hurt communities, right? Mm-hmm. And then there, there's also the hurt and the imbalance that happens with charities and nonprofit organizations and how they can also hurt. We needed to have this conversation
0: because I what you just reminded me was that I also need to be donating to a local mutual aid organization. That ideology is the antithesis of capitalism. It's about supporting one another in your community and showing up in all the ways in which you may need to show up. But I, I do think what you mentioned was, and what we're talking about is in fear of perfection, I was not taking accountability of my personal responsibility and that I can do something. And I felt like I've been in this weird place in the last few years where I gave away a lot of my power. And I, in these moments, I know that I could show up for folks, right? Like I am part of this system and we have a responsibility to each other. So this brought up so many things, like all this fear and anxiety and concern I had, like combating my own internal strife. This was, it kind of pushed that Aside forcing me to acknowledge those things and be able to move forward, you know, live and
1: mourn the gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whew, that that gray, that gray. It it can feel like an all or nothing, especially in a, in a time where we're coming off this pandemic, right? Where things could s- seemingly seem. Quite black and white when we're talking about survival and public health and the whole world's getting sick, right? So I definitely see that. I think for me, I have felt so, like, just emotionally exhausted, like, tired. Totally. If I, if I think a lot, long enough about how much. Black people and marginalized groups deserve so much more. It just will bring me into this space of feeling quite defeated and overwhelmed. And, and that's just looking at the moment. I mean, God forbid you go back to history, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I think there's something about mentoring a young girl that does feel, it It brings this this bridge for me. Who is a mentor? Not me. <laughs> what? Right? You know, and I think that's a lot of the reservations that I've oh, had. I see what you're saying. Prior to doing it, it's like, mm. oh, right? It's so easy to think about where you are and the things that you want for your life that you're like, how can I possibly, how can I possibly support somebody when shit, what I've learned throughout the years is that I know nothing. <laughs> And, for, yeah. and, and if there's any moment that you think that I'm speaking from a place of knowledge, I mean, there's only a couple questions you'll have to ask before you realize that. I'm... It, it's all shit. It's, it's all, all b- bullshit. I, <laughs> I have nothing to give you. When I think about it, I think it almost took, like I had to really think outside of myself, right? Before I can think of myself as someone's role model. Um, yeah. it, it feels heavy. It feels like a heaviness to it. Um, that it will be really interesting when the time comes, what I'm sure there's going to be some, some beautiful parts about it, which usually comes with such vulnerability. Mm-hmm.
0: What I've realized is that when you were talking about your thoughts around mentorship is so much of this process of wanting to show up in community and what role do I play was a constant dissection of how I needed to change myself
1: To show up. Yep.
0: And same, I think, for you in this understanding of mentorship is that you feel like you need to be a different person. And the reality is that, like, whomever you're mentoring will get something from you. Yes. In whatever way it is. And it's just as women, we all need more than just a couple people in our lives. We need we need that community to help us rise. Yes. Yes. Right. And you could be another support in a different way than maybe um, she, they, them are not experiencing. Mm -hmm. And you can show up exactly how you are.
1: Right. Right. And there's that all or nothing binary way of thinking all over again. Right. That way in which you see yourself through these eyes of like not being worthy enough. Right. To or your efforts not being worthy enough, is the same way that we also judge the structures too. Like for me, it's like you're wa- you're also waiting for the structures to change. To show up, so- <laughs> Yeah, and they're not. They're not coming, they're never coming.
0: They may change and shift in good ways, but it is not going to be radically different
1: when we die. Unfortunately,
0: I wish it were. I wish I could feel differently about Unfortunately. that. Unfortunately,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I probably won't lead with that with my uh, <laughs> mentorship conversation. Okay, <Yep. laughs> that's. I mean, that's another. It's another point of reflection. <laughs> you know, how do I want to leave these conversations? Let's let's uh, lean into hope. Yeah, I love this this conversation because it is you. You do see the ways in which how you can almost you know defeat yourself. I mean, the world and community needs you. Like, you know, not to get too cheesy.
0: But it's exactly that feminism, as you mentioned. It's like, come as you are, because we need every person, and like, you're equally need to be seen, and someone will see themselves in you. That's a gift.
1: And I also want to shout out that there are, there is space to be tired, to volunteer in pouring into yourself, because you are giving to so many other parties that you haven't done. And maybe that's ha- how you need to see it in order to have a moment of self-care, or several moments, or many moments of self-care. So I do think that there are ways that we volunteer that you know women don't get credit for, and Black women damn sure don't get credit for. Absolutely, that's true. We had a
0: talk with someone that does community organizing many years ago. And they said, look, I just can't show up emotionally because I do this all day. And that I couldn't have related to more in emotional burnout. And I realized like, it doesn't feel good not to feel like I can show up emotionally, but volunteering was not going to look like working at a food pantry. Volunteering, even for the food pantry now is quite minimal in um, emotional energy. I don't have the emotional energy to give, but what I can give is delivering meals to Meals on Wheels right? I can do that. I cannot do checking in on on another human. Because I was giving all my emotional energy serving folks at work, I needed to know what my
1: limit was. So I think for me, I mean, you know, and and many things can be true. This is what what is coming up, right? Like many things can be true. So I think sometimes it does look like showing up and taking more time, right? Like to have those conversations in those, in those spaces. That's what I can give for the day. I, I totally agree. I think like that's where
0: I've, I've held a lot of shame where I'm like, I'm not showing up in the way that I see myself or in my values. And it's like, well, I also don't have it to give. So is it, how can I reckon those two things? And I think you've done, you've given me that gift many times to say like, look, that's not a reflection of you in your whole space. Stop no. looking at every interaction being a reflection on. And I put a lot of attention there
1: yeah and we judge ourselves by these like moments in which we magnify mm-hmm. and i think for me i've I've been asking myself a lot like what am i making this to mean? <laughs> right that that day when i don't when you don't have a smile when you don't have it in you when you're tired and you're somebody says something to you it's like no you are not a horrible human being <laughs> that doesn't deserve to get coffee anymore, right? Like, yeah. no one's coming after you or villainizing you or posting your face on a wall, so. Yeah. I think this is exactly a
0: perfect transition for our segment that we call Women Should Have. Yes! yes. What should women have? Yes! <laughs> what is what is
1: should
0: have! I want to hear, in this moment, what feels
1: right for you. Let's get into it. Oh, women should have the ability to show up exactly who they are without violence being shown toward them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, without uh, judgment, without ridicule. Yeah.
0: I think women should have
1: hope in
0: knowing what's going on and knowing the world that we have been told we're responsible for and have to carry and also know that that is not all on us. And there's there's beauty in moments, you know. That I think women, it's a gift for us to have hope for ourselves and for the the world
1: around us. I think women should have hope. Women should have orthopedic heels. Damn, okay? oh, you aren't fucking wrong. Come on, heels. We don't want to talk about it. We're not ready to talk about it. But heels are horrible for your feet. Horrible. Oh, okay. Feet, and etc. Body
0: at large.
1: Body at large. Oh <laughs> can we get some comfort on the bitches? And we're the only ones suffering. I mean, mind you, anyone can wear heels. Okay. Anyone can wear heels.
0: Yeah. All people should have orthopedic shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the actual truth. Cute cute ones orthopedic shoes yeah i know i think women should have a simple ass pleasure like a glittery clear nail polish that's what i'm feeling today one
1: that you don't have to layer constantly so it's just
0: when it chips it doesn't fucking matter it's just for you no one really notices it it's just for
1: you no, i love that that literally is just for. <laughs> It's just
0: like, <laughs> I don't feel feminine enough to wear nail polish in my fingernails, but this game changer.
1: Yeah, Women should have it. All folks should have it. It's just for you. Women should have the ability to take off for their periods. Mm-hmm. No work from home, fully off, to rest in the power of their cycles. It's
0: honestly, this is a whole nother conversation because what's interesting is that this is not what um, second wave feminism would tout. So it's interesting and I love to hear the evolution of what does actual, like what does supporting women and who they are, supporting period having people look like? What does it really look like if we didn't live in the patriarchy? And that is it. Take it back. Choice, baby. (laughs) I am really excited about what's going on and what organizations you're supporting. I'm really excited to share them. So check them out and share with us what organizations, if you are inspired, what organizations you ha- are volunteering with yeah. or are, we would miss? like to shout out. Yeah, I want to hear them and I want to, to share with others about the orgs you love. So, or the organizations you have yourself that you've started. This is an exciting and validating conversation. So I'm really, I'm really appreciative of you and I love you.
1: Oh, I love you too. Yeah, this is, this is dope. This is dope. I don't think I would have done this if it wasn't for this, this challenge. I don't know. So having this accountability, I mean, there's nothing like it. It's like, well, damn, I really do have to mentor somebody.
0: (laughs) You do. Yeah. You don't have to, but. That's a gift you get to give.
1: Thank you. Oh, I love you. And we'll talk soon. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.